Our scripture today is Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need. Believe it or not, we are actually in the seventh sermon of a sermon series. Um, you may have forgotten, because I've been gone, <laughs> but we're back in it. Uh, and it's a, our whole summer, we're focusing on prayer, uh, and we're focusing on what it means to come to God first in prayer. So to start with prayer, no matter what's going on in our world, what we see, what, what God brings to our mind, that our, our step number one is to pray. Before we even call our friends, before we uh, contact our spouse, before we uh, do anything else in, in our world, that we need to go to our God who loves us so dearly. So we'll continue that here in Matthew chapter 6. I'm curious, how many of you have ever heard this phrase or maybe used this phrase? And, and if any of you have young ones in your house or have had young ones in your house or just know another human being, uh, you probably have used this phrase. But how many of you have ever said, it's not what you said, it's how you said it? Any, any married couples want to raise their hand? No? Oh, there's some do want to raise their hand. Uh, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. There's a lot of truth there, right? Have you ever had one of those experiences? You, you go to like the bank teller, and, and what they said was fine, but how they treated you? Maybe you have nice bank tellers here in California, but, but in Illinois... You go to a bank teller, and, and sometimes you're like, I can't even really feel like I can file a complaint because they said the right things. But how, how they treated you or how, the, how they like, behaved in there, you're just like, I felt kind of like undervalued, like I wasn't cared for, like, like they didn't uh, truly like me. Mom! I want some milk. My son looks at his mom. It's the same thing as, as mom, I would like some milk, please. It's, I, mean, I added please, but it's the same sentence, right? It's the same thing, but how you said it matters. And that, that is what we get to in our scripture reading today. Jesus is actually kind of sitting down with his disciples, and he's talking about prayer. And he's not talking about what they say but he's going to start talking about how they say it, how they interact with God. What, what is this relationship like? Because, because it shows more than they're aware of. It shows where their hearts are at. It shows where their understanding of God is. If you think your mom will never give you milk, you may as well whine. But if you know that your mom will give you milk, if you just ask nicely because of the relationship, then you can just come and you can say, Mommy, I would like some milk, please. So, so there's this element of, if, if 
people go to God in certain ways that Jesus is warning them. He's saying, these are things I'm seeing around me. These things didn't stop in the New Testament. These are ways that, that I see people praying to God that shows a wrong place in their heart or a wrong understanding of who God is. So there's a few kind of major assumptions here that, uh, before we even get into the text, that, that I think we need to address. The first one seems simple, but how you pray matters. Some ways that just seems assumed, right? But then in other ways, we don't really think about it. But how you come before God, how you pray before God, that matters. That matters to God. It doesn't just matter to those around you. God is relational. God knows us dearly, and how we approach him matters to him. Again, if you, if you enter a store and there's the cranky store clerk, that matters to you because there, were, there was something that was kind of violated there. There was a trust that you had that they were going to be decent to you, and, and they weren't, and, and it feels wrong. And, and there's ways that we can come before God that feel wrong to God. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 6. I'll read it for you again, verses 5 through 8. Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what you have done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So there's two separate warnings here. The first one is, is a warning that Jesus is giving to His disciples because it's something that He's seeing in His own community. It's something He's seeing in the broader Jewish community that is around Him. The second one is a warning that he's given because he's seeing it uh, in kind of the Roman world around them. The first one is, is more specifically, like this is, this is something that's going on in our synagogues. This is something that's going on in our, on our streets. And the other one is don't be like the pagans because they pray in this certain way. So the first one is be careful not to practice, or sorry, that's verse one. The first one is, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. If Jesus is calling someone a hypocrite, take notice. <laughs> this is Jesus, and he's, he's not overplaying it. He means what he is saying. He's saying, when you pray, don't be like these hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. What's their motivation? Their motivation is to be seen by others in their prayer. We know that Jesus is not against public prayer because he prays publicly quite a bit. 
He's against this heart motive behind here. They pray to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, if you're reading Scripture, and Jesus says, and he often does, he says, truly, I tell you, he is telling you the truth. I know, I know this is craziness. This is, this is like Bible study 101. Pay attention when Jesus says, truly, I tell you something. So he says, truly, I tell you, what? They have received their reward in full. What reward have they received? They have received the reward of being noticed by others around them. That is what they are seeking after. They're, they're praying publicly, these people, they're praying publicly so that they are noticed by other people. And Jesus says that they've received their reward in full. Good for them. It doesn't mean he's going to bless them. God says they have received their reward. Prayer is not supposed to be some kind of show. We're not doing it to impress other people. In, in the biblical times, in Jesus' time, there's there two main areas of prayer. Uh, there was prayer that was spontaneous uh, and would just come out because of life circumstances. I think we're pretty familiar with that. But they also regularly did prayer at certain times of the day. So there was morning prayer and noon prayer and afternoon prayer or evening prayer. And, and what the problem is here is, is there's people, religious people, that are making sure that when it comes time for, say, noon prayer, oh, I happen to be on the busiest street corner in town. That's what's happening here. They happen to be on the busiest place, and now I need to stop where I'm at, and I bow down in this public place, and I pray, and, and everyone notices them, and they think, wow, look at this holy person doing what they need to do, and and they're praying, oh, we are so blessed that they live in our community. We are so blessed with who they are. Or, or Jesus says, sometimes people, you know, they just, they just end up in the synagogue. They, they know the prayer time's coming, so they make sure that when it hits the right time, that they're at the right place so they can be seen. And Jesus is saying, this is see-through. This is see-through what is happening. There's nothing wrong with the spontaneous prayer. There's nothing wrong with praying certain times of the day. Actually, I think most of our prayer lives would, would greatly benefit if we had a regular routine of prayer at certain times of the day. The problem is, where is their heart? And where is their motivation? And do they really think that they're fooling God? Do they really think that when they show up and, and, they, and they pray and, and they want everyone to look at them, that they're fooling God? God. And Jesus says, God is not fooled by this. He knows what your motivation is, and, and you've received your reward. The people saw them, the people thought they were great. Listen carefully to this passage again. See if you can hear what, what Jesus is addressing. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. 
Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Then Jesus goes on. But when you pray, go to a room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. The lesson number one is that prayer is not supposed to be some kind of show. You're not supposed to have the motivation to impress other people. When I was in college, I went to a small Christian college, and, and my church growing up, we didn't do a lot of praying uh, out loud. I mean, the pastor did, but, but we didn't in youth group or anything like that. And I, I went to this Christian college, and people would gather to do Bible studies, and we would pray for each other. And it is like the perfect example of what I now know in churches is called competitive prayer. Uh, I mean, this was like Olympic level competitive prayer. I mean, there would be quotes from what the professor said in the last class period. There would be, there would be one-upsmanship. Uh, I always loved this echo language. I don't know if you've heard a lot of prayers that, that people... I just want to echo what Jimeline said and add this other thing more eloquently. That, you know, like, it was, it was obvious. It was see-through. And if it's see-through to me, it's see-through to God. Like, let's be honest. If, if you're trying to impress some other human being in the same room as you, God knows where your heart is. So, so I think we can read this, and I think we'll be like, yeah, that's a problem from a long time ago. But the church has not solved this issue. And, and one of the big things, I think, is, is to pray... Um, with just a pure heart, to, to know if our motivation is, is more horizontal or vertical. Have you ever heard that? Horizontal is, is us, us all here on earth looking out. Vertical is up and down. Vertical is God, right? Some of your driveways are horizontal. Some are vertical. Uh, I've noticed since moving here. And that's a good way to remember it. Uh, what kind, what's your driveway of your prayer life look like, Right? Are you praying because of them, uh, whoever, whoever they are? Or are you praying because of your relationship with God, because of that relationship? And, and I think sometimes we're better at fooling ourselves than, well, I know we're better at fooling ourselves than we are at fooling God. Um, but this problem has not stopped. And Jesus goes on. He continues to talk about prayer. And in the second half, he tells us about how God is not impressed by our eloquence. He's not impressed by our style. And he's not impressed by our repetition. And that's the second half here. Verse 7, when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans. Again, you don't want to be a hypocrite in Jesus' language, and you don't want to be a pagan either. All right, so do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Why? For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God is not impressed by your stylish prayers. The second thing Jesus warns here is that we should not be like the pagans. So let's rewind a little bit. How did the pagans pray? 
again, this is the broader Roman world. He's looking at the world around them. He's saying, don't be like them either, because they also have it wrong. And the, the way that they prayed back then was all due to how they viewed their gods. So the pagan gods around Jesus' time, the, the vast majority of them were, uh, were seen as impersonal. They, they were far away. They, they weren't even moral, most of them. They, they acted selfishly. Um, they did whatever they wanted. But yet they were very, very powerful. So they didn't care about humanity. That, that was just an assumption. The gods didn't care. But they were powerful. And, and if you could harness that power, you could receive great blessing. So how do you pray to a God that is impersonal, a God that is far away, a God that doesn't care about you, is that you start trying to manipulate that God. And, and what they're doing here is they're saying certain words, almost like magic words, and they're repeating them. We hear, uh, I think it's in 1 Kings, where uh, the prophets of a different God go before their God and, and they pray for, uh, I think it's midnight to noon or, or something like that, um, and they say the same words over and over again. Uh, it's like, hear us you know, and bless our land or, or something like that. Over and over and over again. Because if you say it enough, maybe this God that doesn't care in the first place, maybe this God will do it. That's where their hearts are. So uh, put yourselves in, in their shoes for a moment. You're living back then. You don't know uh, of God the Father. And, and you have this situation in your life. Maybe, uh, maybe your farm that, that you've been working on for, for many generations is uh, is, is about to fail and, and there hasn't been rain. And you know that the gods are powerful. So, so what you do is you take your best offering, you, you take stuff that you have, you bring it to the temple, uh, you sacrifice it there to the god, and, and you try to convince this god to act. But the, the big thing is that these gods didn't care. So you had to convince them. You, you had to either sacrifice in a certain way or, or pray in a certain way or act in a certain way, and then, then maybe you could get their blessing. It's a hopeless, hopeless world. And Jesus is looking around at people around him and he's saying, you know, and, and some of you are kind of praying like that. It's like you don't know who God is. You, you, you think that he doesn't care. You, you think that he's far away, that he's impersonal, that, that he doesn't know you. And, and Jesus is saying, be careful how you pray, because how you pray reveals what you think about God, who you think God is, his character. The point of these pagan gods, the, the reason they prayed that way is because these gods didn't care. We have a heavenly father that cares so much about us, that loves us, that we are precious to him. We, we learn in Scripture that through Jesus Christ, we can approach God as sons and daughters. That, that we can walk right into the throne room. It's not because God is weak that we're able to walk right up to him. He's, he's more powerful than any king that has ever lived or any emperor that has ever lived. But we're his children. So it's not in his weakness that we can approach. It's in our relationship. We are heirs. We're not even just children. We are heirs to the kingdom. 
that we can come before our Heavenly Father. Verse 8, Jesus says, Do not be like them. Why? For your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask. Zeus did not know what you needed before you asked. Jupiter did not know what you needed before you asked. You had to go and convince them to act. That that was how the system was set up. They're so different than God. God knows you. You are precious to him. He knows what you need. He knows the the relationship that you have. So don't pray like they pray. Don't don't think that you're going to show off to God. Don't think, oh, if I come before God and I I say this prayer in a certain way, maybe maybe God will then act. Maybe maybe I'm not praying right. Maybe maybe I'm not doing this this relationship right. And then therefore, you know, God, God doesn't care because I'm not convincing him to act. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. God knows you. You are precious to him. He knows what you're going to ask before you say it. He knows what your needs are better than you know what your needs are. And the beautiful part of that is he doesn't just know them, but he loves you enough to make a difference there. So again, Jesus says, do not pray like these pagans pray. Their gods don't care. They need to manipulate them into acting. They need to say certain magic words or or do things just in the right way, and then maybe something will happen. Over the years of ministry, I've had many, many people come to me, and they've said something along these lines. They say, I just don't feel like God cares about what's going on in my life. I pray and I pray and it feels like it's just, I don't know, bouncing off the ceiling and coming back. I don't don't even know if he cares at all. And it may sound harsh, but your feelings about if God cares does not change if God cares. Does that make sense? Your feelings are not that powerful. God's character is a certain way. God cares for you. He tells us that in Scripture. That just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Like there's a, there's a sense of, of looking at this that I think we, we sometimes fool ourselves. If, if God cared for me, it would look like this. Well, no, we know that he cares for you. There's no if. You are his precious child. Now, now you can pray and say, God, I, I'm just not feeling it. You know, like I, I want a deeper relationship. With you. These, are, these are not bad prayers by any means. It's not to say, oh, your prayers aren't important. But don't be fooled into thinking that what you think God thinks is somehow what God thinks. Does that make sense? I, I think we do that. It sounds funny to say out loud, but when we convince ourselves, oh, if, uh, I just, you know, I pray and, and I don't hear from God and I, I just don't feel anything special and there's no tingly feeling and, and uh, it's just uh, God doesn't care. What, what a bizarre thought. Jesus is warning us. He's saying, know who your heavenly Father is. Because if you know who he is, and you know how 
his relationship is with you, and you know how much he cares for you, then you will pray a certain way, and it won't be like the pagans. Every once in a while, I like to look at these uh, texts in the message translation, which I think most of you are probably familiar with, but it puts uh, the Bible in pretty uh, everyday language, but sometimes in the everyday language, it, something profound seems like it can come out. Uh, so I'm going to read uh, this passage for you uh, from the message here, and let's see what stands out to you. This is how it's translated here. It says, And when you come before God, do not turn into a theatrical production. All these people are making regular shows out of their prayers and hoping for stardom. You think God sits in the box seats. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. The world is filled with so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. I didn't hear any amens, but... They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting you what you want from God. Don't fall for their nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. He knows better what you need than you know what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray simply. I just love that line. With a God like this loving you, you can pray simply. Now, if you, if you have your Bibles open or you just know uh, where we're at, the very next words, and we'll talk about them next week, um, are the Lord's Prayer. Jesus goes from this lesson to teaching his disciples how to pray. Uh, and again, that'll be next week answering this question of how then should we pray? How then should we come before God? Um, but I think for today we can point at a few things uh, before uh, we end our time. It, it seems obvious that we are to pray simply. That we, we don't need to make it complicated. That, that it's okay, as, as Jesus did. Jesus prayed publicly. Jesus prayed privately. But the reason he's saying go into a center room and pray privately is because of the temptation to make a show of it. So, so if, you're, if your mind is wandering, you're thinking, what do these other people think? What, what do they view me? What's, what's going on? Do they, do they think fondly of me for praying here? Do they think poorly of me for praying here? Jesus says, well, how, how about you just go into a room and, and you stop worrying about them? And you start just thinking about your relationship with God. We are to pray trusting in who God is, in God's character. We are to be aware of ways that maybe we've 
we've misrepresented God in our own minds. Ways that we think maybe we need to like win his favor or win his love or, or if I only acted this way or only did this kind of thing, that God would truly love me or, or would even love me more or love me less depending on how I behave. We need to put all that to the side and just trust in who God is, not in who we are. He cares for us. We don't need to convince him to act on our behalf. I think that's deeper than it sounds at first, so let me say it again. God cares for us. God cares for you. You don't need to come before him and convince him how to act on your behalf. He loves you. Jesus says your father knows what you need before you even ask. What a beautiful, beautiful truth from Scripture this is.